Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at MetalCloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the MetalCloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, MetalCloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. Uh, it was definitely intense, you know, a lot of a lot of heckling. Um, it was almost like a recreation day on the Rubicon, just, you know, you get to a hard spot. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bunch of guys there that know how to do it better than you, but they're staying on the sideline. A thousand spotters telling you how to how to run your race. Exactly. It wasn't the rule back then that that only the attendees, or the, the 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 spectators, could help you roll over your rig. Like you. Yeah, I think you could have outside assistance, but only from spectators. It was something weird. Um, I don't even know if I even read the rules back then. If there was a rule book, <laughs> I was just there to go. You know, it, it was whatever Dave's whim was that day. The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Hello, Modern Jeepers. Matson from Medical Care, and welcome to episode number 155 of The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Corey and Jesse are enjoying some much-needed R&R in Vegas this week, so I'm going solo with an interview of modern jeeper John Goodby, entrepreneur, racer, founder of NorCal Rock Racing, and the man who helped build Ultra 4. We talk about the origins of short-course rock racing, the early days of King of the Hammers, the evolution of NorCal Rock Racing, how Prairie City eats cars, building Ultra 4 tracks across the country, Gomez Family Dynamics, the Gomez Tree, Holly's LS Fest, why NorCal has the fastest guys in the country, and why the upcoming Metal Cloak Shootout is one of the greatest spectator events of all. Remember, if you are listening and wondering what the F is going on, you can watch the full episode at youtube.com slash moderncheaper. As always, we are extremely grateful to our supporters and friends, including Warren Winches, Raceline Wheels, Best Top, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, Adventure Rack Systems, and, of course, Metal Cloak. So, sit back, relax with the cold one, enjoy episode number 155 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hey, Modern Jeepers, this is another episode of the Modern Jeeper Show with me, Madsen from Metal Cloak, and usually I'll be introducing Mr. Modern Jeeper Corey Osborne and Rockstar Jeep Girl Jesse, but as you can see, they are not with us today because they are relaxing and chillaxing in Vegas. Uh, yeah, they're they're out there in Vegas doing their thing, just kind of relaxing before the Death Valley trip next week. They tried to join us, but somewhere somehow they didn't have a quote unquote signal. Sure, they didn't, um, and so they couldn't join us. But instead, uh, I got to hear Mr. John Goodby. Now, you guys don't necessarily know John, and I'm surprised after 154 episodes we never had him on the on the show. But John is the man behind NorCal Rock Racing. Um, which was one of the original, let's, we'll talk about this, but one of the original, original ideas of taking a buggy and actually racing it around a track. 
which grew into what we can see in the world of Ultra 4 and, and everything else. But as well, John is also uh, the man behind the tracks you see out there at KOH. He's a man behind uh, a lot of the short course stuff that happens. And you guys remember back when um, Metal Cloak was doing the Metal Cloak Stampede. Well, John was the guy who was hosting and managing that amazing event and creating a, an incredible track out, track out there at Prairie City. So, John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So I, I did the intro. I did all of it. So we talked about everything yeah. that was important. Um, but, dude, let's go back to it because I did mention there, you when you started NorCal Rock Racing, we've talked a little bit about your ideas about it. Let's go back to when that started. Like, what was, what was the impetus for creating creating this which really was at that time was a brand new sport yeah yeah no um so you know i came from my background is motocross and bmx i did a lot of racing my whole life and um when i when i so-called retired quit whatever you want terminology for motocross i just find some of my find fill the void and uh i had a guy named rob cook which is our announcer when you aren't there or you are we're both there uh-huh. um and uh He's like, you need to get into some rock crawling. And I'd been, th- I've been jeeping with my dad when I was a kid, and then as my sports progressed, we quit, we quit recreation wheeling. So um, I'd been to the Rubicon, and so we built a buggy, and uh, I started out the buggy, not the standard jeep or toad. I just kind of went big out right off the bat, and um, went to Pismo Beach and was going fast in the in the sand, and I was like, man, someone's got to race this stuff somewhere. So I went to the good old uh, YouTube and the Google back about maybe MySpace, and uh, found a company racing back east and uh, west coast was called XRA and they were doing like some side-by-side racing rock racing stuff basically on a, like a BMX track size so I uh, uh, was like at their west coast series so being from northern California and background and at Prairie City and everything else I went to Prairie City SVRA and proposed a semi-business plan and pulled out my business background and told them what I wanted to do at Prairie City, but we're going to let you do it and that was uh, 2007 and we got our first per- permit in October 13 12th or 13th of 2008 wow. and that's how norcal started i think i i think our first race out there that we came out and visited it must have been what we'll see what what year so it was what, what year did you start that was that was that was 08 so so there was nothing else to go off of besides that and i think yeah. you came around like 2012 Not, well with the yeah, 10 well let's see we had yeah, because I think you were out. You were out doing this stuff, and we started in two thousand nine. So we might have came out and visited two thousand ten. Um, but I don't think yeah. Randy, you know, because Randy Avery, we brought him out um, to be part of that spectator show, and that was when you had. And for those of you who who maybe have, have seen Skills Day videos or stuff, there was a there, there was a little portion of the track called the obstacle course. This wasn't the big race course, the big four race course. John took this little section of track and made this really fun short course track and it was you know maybe what you do two three laps at most um yeah so when we first started it was two cars side by side same format as xra had similar and then we did one lap two cars at a time one race at all you know and we just basically bracket race down and then have a main and and then like uh the very first race we kind of had one class you know a bunch of guys and jeeps and blazers and just basically my friends that like we had 13 cars. No, we had 13 cars. Jason Shear showed up in his King of the Hammers winning car. Wow. Um, with Lance Clifford as a, as a co-driver. So um, <laughs> I, think, I think even Kevin Yoder made the very first one. Wow. So, yeah, it was crazy. 
And then I think we went uh, in 2009, we did a, then we added, that was one race in 08. And in 2009, we did a three race series in that same area. And then the second or third race in 2009, I was like, man, we should do two laps. So then I cut that course and we added a second, like a second lap for the mains, you know? Right. I think we had, you know, whatever, 15, 20 cars, still the same, same, same quantity, you know? Yeah, so that was crazy. That was. And these are, you guys got to go back to look at the cars. I mean, the cars that we have now can cut these kind of corners, but we're talking really sharp corners. It was more knives, times than not. These rigs were not designed to corner like that, right? They didn't have, they just, they were these big buggies that were just like, you hit a corner too hard, you're just going to roll. Yeah, they were just rock crawlers, really, at that time. You know, no one was going fast. So you just, you know, they actually had turning radiuses back then still, you know, because they were coming from rock crawling. Although still, you know, his car still, or Jeep still turned, you know, but yeah, it wasn't, it was definitely a motocross track, maybe even more comparable to a BMX track, but for cars. And then when Randy Avery came out there with his little Jeep on 35s, that could go and uh, it couldn't do the rocks very well, but man, it could do the the cornering and he could, he could drift around everything. He was, he was blowing people away because he had that, that speed in it. But um, yeah, and he had a lot of the background from the, the tough truck, which is in, you know, intermediate show for monster trucks which is super tight and technical and it's right up his alley so that was his kind of driving yeah so it yeah. worked out I mean, basically suited him real well suited him until he hit the rocks and broke every time so you know yeah <laughs> but 35s flying over boulders and that was back then i mean he had the boulders were these you, there was a rock pile down by the um by this obstacle course area and literally if you were to take a look at it you would have no idea that this was an obstacle course because john set up a, a real i mean so let's talk a little bit about your business just so you understand this um you have good be grading right so you have all the yeah. heavy equipment that's what you do that's what your business is it's one of the things you do for a living and you had yeah. access to all this equipment to be able to go out there and make these tracks yeah i'd literally just bring my dump trucks from the job site and then tractors and rent anything bigger i needed and we just uh bird and all these tracks you've been doing right like um You've now, so this is, Jesus, 21. I mean, I can't even count the number of years you've been doing this, but at what point did you start working with Ultra 4 and with Dave Cole and that group and start building that 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 more relationship and then be literally become the guy building the tracks? Yeah, I think uh, I raced 9, 10, and 11, King of the Hammers. So I was there, and I believe... Fairvani's built it at one point in time. So Gary's told me what well, multiple times he hated doing it and he would never do it again. And I don't know how I do it, <laughs> ironically. But um, so I, I, I swore I did the first roller in the middle of the straightaway. That was very. I'm pretty sure I built that with the with the skid steer. And then I think Fairvani's came and did one year, and then we've done it since then. So it has to be. It was after the year I raced, so I would assume it's been from twelve on. I'm not it was, sure. But was, I don't remember never anything being built before as us. Was Stampede the first time that you guys started like working together? Was that like that was the first chance for you guys to, to work together? Was when we brought Stampede yeah. here, or no, no, because I was doing the short short course of King Hammers before that. So okay, no, yeah, it had to been before that. Okay, so yeah. the um, and let's go back to nine, ten, of eleven. You were talking about those years racing. I mean, I think the first year that we went out to Koh was was I think two thousand ten. And that was when it was the Wild West. It was a shit show. 
you know, we're standing out there on sledgehammers. Guys are all piled up on top of each other trying to get through. Nice. And and rocks are falling from the from guys standing up on the side of the hill onto the heads yep. of other guys standing below. Yeah, uh, it was it was craziness. What was it like to race those? those uh, it was insane. You, you pull into the canyons and people are, you know, three feet off the off the race course or in the race course. There was no it's almost like Mexico now, you know, Mexico's still kind of the same. And uh, it was definitely intense, you know, a lot of a lot of heckling. Um, it was almost like a recreation day on the Rubicon. Just, you know, you get to a hard spot. <laughs> and there's a bunch of guys there that know how to do it better than you, but they're staying on the sideline. A thousand spotters telling you how to how to run your race. Exactly. It wasn't the rule back then that that only the attendees, or the, the 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 spectators, could help you roll over your rig. Like you. Yeah, I think you could have outside assistance, but only from spectators. It was something weird. Um, I don't even know if I even read the rules back then. If there was a rule book, <laughs> I was just there to go. You know, it, it was whatever Dave's whim was that day. Like, unfortunately, yeah, probably that's probably how it was. Well, Jeff Knoll was involved back then too. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, too. So. It was a. It was always interesting. I remember, I had an LCQ qualifying run, and uh, they stopped me at the bottom of the back door because the recovery took longer. And they literally like, we're gonna start and stop your time right here. I'm like, can't I just go restart? And they're like, no, that'd be good. We'll get it all figured out. So I sat at the bottom of the back door in the canyon with everyone on each side of me, waiting for them to recover the guy so I could finish my qualifying run. And it was like <laughs> I had a broken front axle, and I think Dave or Jeff or both of them are like, man, you're not gonna make it. I'm like, I'm gonna winch. I think, but you're never going to make it up the sand hill. I was like, I'll make it up the sand hill. Like, there's no way, not in three wheel drive. And I was like, I remember, and I, I remember we winched the, we winched the first line. And I think I might have winched the second line. I left Ian Jorgensen, my co-driver, there, and I was like, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm gonna see you at the finish line. And uh, <laughs> I made it up the sand hill and and made it down the backside. And you know, Dave, Dave said I'd never make it, but I did. So <laughs> I didn't make the race, but I made the, I made the, I made the qualifying run. I think that's the year. That's 2010, I think, because I got the hard luck award. I was the last person not to qualify. Oh wow! And so Dave's like, you know, that's back in the day when you know there's a hundred car, you only hundred guys qualified, and that's it. You couldn't. There was no other way to qualify. You got your spots in, from other races, and you get the LCQ. And LCQ was, I mean, I think it was like 60 cars, and they took 20. I mean, it was the most intense qualifying there ever was, and. uh I just remember being not, not making it, you know, I, I think I blew a front right tire at the top of the, at the bottom of the sand hill and I finished qualifying run like 42 minutes. And then Friday morning, Dave's like, just be ready. He's like, someone won't make it on the start. Just be ready in the morning. So I get up all jazz, ready to go. And everyone went off the line, but me. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Was that the year of uh, the, the pirate had the big, they were doing all the streaming and they had the, the van came out and Eric. Uh, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Camo. And uh, yeah, I believe they were doing all that. And, Todd and all those guys, all the old school crew was over there with the satellite. I think yeah, Eric bought the satellite for the back top of the van. Eric right. Right. Yeah, that was the year. I think so. Yeah. I know there's a picture of me on the stage with the hard luck award with Greg Mulkey and Charlene Bauer was like the official photographer back then or the only one really. And uh, I remember there's a picture and I think it's 2010. <coughs> I still have it. It's hanging in the shop somewhere. And the starting line, it was 10 or 11. The starting line was that drag race right out of Hammertown, right? Yeah, ten was that was the year that Brian Deegan. I think ten was the year that Brian Deegan showed up and got a little sideways on that roller and almost wiped out the whole crowd. Yeah, so, I remember that. I was like, mm, you're standing there and just <laughs> yeah. taking off straight away, guys. You got to understand this wasn't. You look at it now, and it is a professional race. It's as professional as you can get. 
back then it was a shit show. It was experimenting. Every year was an experimentation. Every race was experimentation. And Dave could change things at a moment's notice. But they literally had a drag race. It's two by two. Start it. Go fast straight away. And yeah, if somebody lost a little, the entire crowd was lining both sides. It was not, and there was no barriers. It was like a, a string fence with some banner or something. A string barrier. It was string banner or whatever, you know, like the, yeah, the triangle stuff. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I think the next year they got bicycle fence. So we almost, you know, then you're bulletproof. (laughs) That's right. I think they had to start using that following year. They actually started putting people about a hundred feet back from, from the canyons and some of the spectator areas and quite an evolution. But in the meantime, all this is going on. The NorCal and our uh, KOH is evolving. NorCal rock racing is evolving. At what point did you move from uh, doing what you were doing um, in the little obstacle area over to the Vora track? Um, yeah. When I'm, um, so 2000, 2008 was one race. 2009 was three race series. 2010, they were doing park improvements. So the park improvements included the things you do skills day on, the pyramid, the gunite wall, the, all that stuff. So I couldn't, they only gave me one race date on 2000 in 2010. So I kind of had the also momentum going for NorCal, like eight was good. Nine was steaming, you know, and, and KOH was firing up. So people were, people were getting really involved. And then 2010, I can get one race date. Well, after that, 2011, I believe is the first year of ultra four mm. and then formed ultra four as in a regional series. Um, and then I kind of like just, you know, kept NorCal's little baby ball over here by ourselves and, we're going to, we're going to dominate this area and we'll let ultra four travel the country. Um, and then I think that's 2011, I think is the first year I moved over to the off-road track. And I think more was still running at that time. Um, but yeah, then we moved over there and then I took all my rock, all the rocks in Prairie city are mine. So I moved all those rocks over there and then I stored them in the middle of the off-road track. And then now they're pretty much stationary where they live now is kind of where they live. We've kind of left those in the, all the new, um, the new park improvements we've had, those are kind of approved to stay where they're at. I mean, I technically donate them to the state, but they're mine. I guess I go get them if I wanted them. <laughs> Move them around any way you want. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it really hasn't changed. The two big rock piles haven't changed um, in years over there. Yeah, the cost of moving them is just so substantial. The amount of big equipment I have to bring to move them is just so much work. It's another two days of work just out there, you know. We've kind of got cut it down to we can build the course in two to three days and and moving the rocks is just would add more to it. So we're going to freshen the rocks up before round one this year, for sure. Speaking of which, round one, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but that's the Metal Cloak Shootout, which is really, um, we've been doing the Metal Cloak Shootout now for three years. It's been three years out there? Three years. Yeah. The yeah. three years, a couple years out at Wild West um, until they closed. You did one last year in Reno. What was the name of that park out there, Reno? Uh, it's uh, Firmly 95. Yeah, that's Firmly right. Yep, out there for the night, which was great. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then we're bringing it back here to uh, Prairie City. So round yes. one, yeah, this gonna be perfect. It's gonna be rad. It's gonna be. Um, I think we have a good turnout. It's the first race after King of the Hammers. Everyone's got their cars prepped. They're still jazzed. So the car count should be good. We got some new UTV that came out. So the UTV classes are gonna change a little bit. Um, a lot of the youth, a lot of the youth UTV drivers moved up to bigger cars. So. That class wow. is so well, that's the thing about these races now. You get like how many races you do in a day? Some 20, 22 races. Yeah, and no, we yeah, we did uh yeah, it's 13 classes times three. So yeah, technically 33 races, 39 races. It's so almost guy, like, 
<laughs> it, it's a it's a what is it a twenty five dollar entry fee uh, to watch? Yeah, spectators yeah. twenty five. Yep. So for twenty five bucks, guys, you can come out there and watch thirty three races. I mean, it's a full day of racing, and all from the UTVs and the kiddos and. Um, and then all the ultra four classes, right? I mean, all the different classes, the 4,600, the 4,500, 4,800, 4,400, whatever, all of them are out there. Plus, of course, because the Gomez brothers are local, NorCal, they are always out there. They love Prairie City. It's a great place for them to wreck and crack and break stuff. Um, so you're going to see them out there, which means including uh, King of the Hammers, Raul, um, which we're trying to get on the podcast, but, you know, he's a busy guy because he has to make money now to pay for all of his his bad hobbies. Um, but they're going to be out there. I mean, it's, 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 it is an incredible day of racing and you just can't not get your money's worth for 25 bucks. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing about NorCal, even on the racer side, we've tried to keep the entry fees low and the payouts high, you know, and the bang for your buck. I mean, I know, you know, I bring a family of four kids, 12 and under free. I feel like that's a good cutting point for kids. You Mm -hmm. know, we have, you guys will be out there displaying and, There'll be some other companies out there, race line. Nitto brings out the semi and always has a bunch of giveaways to give away from Nitto Tire. And uh, Trevor from California Customs comes out, brings a huge trailer supply, support, or, um, display with a uh, uh, bunch of UTVs, you know, from every brand you could think of. So, yeah, it's uh, food trucks. You know, we try to make it a full full day and all the amenities there to take care of everybody that's there. And, yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, it really is a fun day. And, and when Prairie City, especially – uh, in March, it's going to be a nice, the weather won't be too hot. Um, it'll be a perfect day to spend with the family. And, uh, it just, again, and when you get down there and the great thing about the, that race is you can, I think it's one of the few in general, the great thing about stampede when it was an ultra four race was one of the few ultra four races that were spectator friendly where you yeah. can sit there and stand there and watch the entire race and see all of the action going on as opposed to, Hey, they're off someplace. Now they're back. Hey, they're off someplace. Now they're yeah. back. Yeah, I mean, that's the advantage of short course. You know, that's why everyone's like, man, you can do another race here or do the, do something over there. I'm like, you can't see it. Like, I'm a spectator-based promoter. Like, I want spectators to have something to see, and I want the racers to race in front of something. You know, it was like the two biggest things. When we built the new track at Fernley, the same thing. It, I feel like it's, we call it, you know, Prairie City on steroids. So, same concept. <laughs> some, we'll work through that park over there. We need some more better water. But, um, but yeah, Prairie City is amazing, and it's close to town. If you want to go to town and get regular lunch, you know, it's a 10-minute drive each way. So now for you, for um, Fernley, are you going to be doing more stuff out there? Yeah, we're working on it. This, the water supply is real bad up there. So just got to work through the water supply with the owner. And and uh, we get some better water up there, then we, we can definitely go back up there and race again. Uh, just make sure to keep the track wet and not uh, not create too much uh, environmental dust issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really a spectator thing. You know, I mean, you were up there announcing and it's hard to see the cars when it's dusty and you know, if you can't see the cars watching, the drivers can't see each other. So, you know, right. it cause short course crashes that, you know, could be avoidable. And with, if we have water, then that track can be amazing. But if we get some real water up there, we're going to have to put that on hold for a little while. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We've had, well, we've out here, we've had uh, plenty of times with Stampede where there was uh, water, no water. There was water from rain, the yeah, muddy days. I love all those images. Yeah. So, uh, Okay, going back to to kind of the evolution of NorCal. Yeah. At what point did you go in? Because um, you started doing side by sides early on, and yeah. I think they started kind of growing into it. And then all of a sudden, you created NorCal side by side as its own kind of series. It starts out merged, but then it has a few more races. 
Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the big cars can only if you're going to race NorCal and you're going to race Ultra Four. There's only so much money and time you can do to prep those big cars. They're so expensive. So with the side by sides, they're a little more economical, and the guys, the guys think they can race every month, but they really can't. I mean, but so we, so what we did is we, I just added two more races. So it's a five race series total instead of just three. And then those guys can run a little longer. Like I said, it's a little more economical to race those things more times a year. So, um, yeah, so I just gave them some more races. So it's easier. Yeah. Well, yeah. how many of your guys are crossover between uh, between like doing the big races and doing the, the side-by-side? Um, there's probably like five teams that race big cars. Brennan Thompson has both. Um, there's the first one that co- pops off the top of my head. I mean, he brings out like seven cars, you know, between him and the kids. <clears throat> and he's wow. got a new, and he's got a, he's got a, he's has a twin to Raul's new car that is one King of the Hammers. Oh the wow! Hammer. But they built there's four of those cars. So JP has a new one coming, same as Raul's, and then uh, Brendan got one, and then I believe Brendan's brother Justin has one too. So there's four of those. Like yeah, there's yeah. Wow! <laughs> four, so. Wow! Yep. Yeah, that's that car is pretty freaking amazing. It's, it's crazy, you know. I mean, we could talk about that an hour later, but Raul, yeah, that the new car is amazing. Just shows what's coming out of that shop and what the effort those guys are putting in up there. How different? Talk about the car. How different is it from what he, what, what they were running before? Uh, so the twins that Raul and JP run right now are all running. Um, they're six years old. Um, so Joe's had Joe Thompson from UFOs had all this time to re-engineer and, and fix. He's built some cars in between. Um, and the new car is just like, it sounds bad to say maybe unlimited budget, but I mean, like if you were a fabricator and you wanted to build everything you ever dreamed of, that's what Joe built. Wow. And it's just, it's insane. I mean, there's this from upper billet, a arms, solid billet, a arms, billet trailing arms, titanium links. I mean, 1100 horse trophy, trophy truck motor. Um, the steering geometry is insane. I mean, just, I mean, it's, it's the best of the best. I mean. I don't know what else you could throw at it, really. The car's amazing. Yeah, well, and that's, it's GBR. I think I first even heard the term GBR probably at Glen Helen. Like, I was watching a live stream of Glen Helen Raceway some, I don't know how many years ago it was. And I kept seeing the little, hey, how's GBR doing? How's GBR doing? I didn't even know these boys, right? <laughs> and um, and there's some, like, some trying to figure out who that is. And then Gomez Brothers Radiesing, okay, and great. But, what an incredible group. Uh, I mean, what an incredible family. One, right? Oh, sure. Highly competitive, uh, fairly, very successful with their business, Mountain Enterprises. And then the, not only do they get something out of the racing, but they've been huge supporters of racing and like huge advocates to keep it going, both oh, in your right. level and at that Ultra Four and, and, um, and just, but they're also like the ultimate entertainment. Because you know when they're on the throttle. These guys, guys, you understand, if you ever watch one of these races, these guys are constantly going after each other. The brothers, they're, they, you know, they're family, but they are competitive family. And they hate it when one of them loses to the other because you don't, they, they don't hear the end of it. Yeah, yeah. there's th- there's three, or there's technically four Gomez's that race. You know, there's, there's JP and Raul and then the Marcos. Marcos is the oldest brother. He's not a big fan of short course. He pretty much likes King of the Hammers and, and Ultra Four Nationals, and he'll make something in between, but he's real busy with the work, with the business. And uh, But JP and Raul, they they battle. They battle at all my events. They battle at, you know, all the Ultra Four events. I mean, it is, 
in the pits, if you could just if you just put recorders on those guys in the pits, you'd be like, it doesn't even make sense. They're just they're so out of control. It, but they're amazing. All all them are amazing. Then you got Raul's son, Darian, um, and now he's in Raul's old old, old car. Oh, really? So, yeah. So Darian's gonna be a threat too. I mean, and he, you know, they made him work through the ranks. He raced UTVs, and then they got him a big car, an old a leftover car. Then they got him another leftover car. Then they bought Faravani Junior or Senior's car. And that car was kind of a little bit of a challenge for them, but now he's in Raul's proven, you know, car. I mean, that car did second at King of the Hammers 2020. I mean, that car right. was I mean, he wa- actually, I, I mean, he's won, he won my last round last year, I believe. So, oh, Durian did? Yeah, wow. no, Raul did in that car. Raul did, yeah, without but, sure. but JP's like a five or six time NorCal champion. Mm-hmm. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's, stats, but it's a lot. <laughs> Well, and, and they've been through it all. I mean, JP had that major back injury um, oh, yeah. out, out at NorCal. Or was it uh, was that at Nationals or was it? No, it was here. It was, it was, was on the back, that section in the back, yeah. Yeah. Just, we quit running. Was that during Stampede or during uh, – or was it during a NorCal race? I forget. I don't know. I don't remember. I know that – I know that uh, – I remember the recovery – and the recovery guys are working, but I don't remember who, what, if it was mine or an ultra four race. Either but way. either way, I mean, he, and he, he worked through that and he's back at it and, 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 oh, didn't yeah. even, and did not ever lighten up on that throttle. No, no. I mean, all three of those guys, well, and Raul, for, I mean, Darian, I mean, all four of them are wheelmen, but JP and Raul, I mean, they've, they've excelled, you know, really, really far. I mean, every race we go to, you know, ultra four or mine, they're just, they're battling, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really cool to see. They've and they're all sole drivers, right? They don't, none of them have navigators. None of them have uh code, yeah, code dogs. All single seat cars. Yep. Which is just it, it, an insane thing. I mean, for the short period of time I raced, it was like, you know, being, one, it's kind of nice having the responsibility. It's all on you. It's worried about anybody else. But then when you do have issues, you do have things, it's all on you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at King of the Amherst, Raul got uh, he got turtled out on a rock and uh, sled. I don't know where it was, but we we're watching the live. And he gets out and he's winching. You know, he's in the lead, or him and Jason are close to each other, and and he's on the rock for like nine minutes. And we're like, get off the rock, you know, <laughs> run around, taking the head off, you know, trying to winch himself out and then get back in the car. And it's just like you got to you know get your winch back in. There's so much work by yourself, you know. You just, mm. you just pray you don't lose a tire. You know, have to change the tire yourself, but yeah, roll. Um, yeah, he, he's he's a machine right now. It's uh, he's one to beat for sure. Um, and all on all levels, all races, including I mean, he's getting a lot faster in the trophy truck, also, which most people don't know about that program, but yeah, that's right. They do the trophy truck too. Yeah, he's going fast in the desert now. Wow, so yeah, it's a, it's a program. Well, and that's it, what. These now I've heard that 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 uh, UFO builds these cars like the way they're built. I mean they're they're heavier than most Ultra Four cars. They're beefier than most most Ultra Four cars, but they're built because they're built to handle the kind of racing that uh, that the Gomez brothers and the kind of abuse they put on it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the abuse. You know, that's the the cars are built like tanks. You know, they're heavier, but they're built to withstand. I mean, the front of Raul's car. I mean. They have a rack of bump front bumpers in their in their shop, just because I mean how many front bumpers they go through. Not necessarily hitting people, but just like the amount of damage they put on their cars, it's just insane. <laughs> and where's their then? Where's their shop at? They're in Lotus. <clears throat> in Lotus so right, 
So is the um is the all the cars are there on that same big you know yard up there in Lotus? Yeah, everything's in there. A race shop up there. Everything's there, and that's where all the cars get prepped and maintained and torn down. Built. Everything's there. Yeah, guys, up in Lotus, there's this big yard. It's where all their equipment is at and a bunch of their stuff. And just one of their, I think, many offices they have. But there, if you go by there, the main offices looks like this beautiful lodge. I mean, it's a multi-story lodge. Yeah, it might as well be have a, be on the side of a of of a snow-capped mountain. It's it's incredible. Yeah, the new office they just built up there is amazing. Yeah, Marcos, that's his that's his uh, pride and joy. Marcos loves that stuff and. That's their new building yet. They uh, they haven't occupied yet, but it's it's definitely amazing. The and the race shop, I mean they they split it between real work, so the, the mechanic shop's real big. It's like three hundred by a hundred, like it's a big big shop. Right. Wow. But all the all the real work, real businesses there, you know. So. Yeah, and, and again, it, just just how humble they are when it comes to just being good people and uh, and really real advocates for the sport. So, and as far as I know, I mean, there's, there are guys that race for NorCal and there are guys that don't, you know, you got guys like Jason Shear who basically wants to do one race and he, he's, he, he focuses on King of the Hammer. Yeah. Um, and it's been a while since he's come out to, I mean, he came out to Stampede a couple of times. It's been a while since he's run NorCal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Most of the, yeah. Him, Randy Sloss. And there's a couple of the guys like that are just kind of one race, one and done. Um, that's what's cool about Raul, you know, when Raul won, he's like, even on the podium, he's like, I'll see everyone at every race. You know, he's not just, he's not going to race King of the Hammers and that's it. He'll be a real king and, and he'll support the whole season. And it'll be cool. And and hopefully the new car gives him one, you know, gives him one run for the money at every race. I mean, because every track's different. So right. it's going to be good for him. So fun. Well, in Prairie City, we, you know, we always called it, uh, at Stampede, we called it the uh, Carnage Unleashed. And then, and when I would stand up there and talk to the racers, and I think the first year I tried to warn them because it was our first year racing there. Yeah. that prairie city is a different kind of track it's short course but it eats cars yeah it's definitely hungry it's uh it's crazy the rocks were open when we first started building the courses like we would take a big excavator and take a rock out of the middle of the rock pile and tell you know in my head i'm like yeah good luck getting through that you know and i got i got a bad reputation i feel like of just tearing cars up so then we started making the rock piles easier so now we go in there and set all the rocks in so they're they're drivable and it still gives everyone a challenge, still gives us fans a show, but it's, uh, we definitely found bad. We make the courses a little easier than we used to, hmm. but it's still, I mean, it doesn't matter because it's, it's still the, the track itself. Um, in, in the course itself, I know there's been talk over the years of trying to make it a bigger, better course and more professional with more safety barriers and all that kind of stuff. And it's, so it's a little bit off now because they still haven't, they still have the cut turn, right? Yeah, the cut turns there, but um, the the safety fence is the project is approved and it's in, it's all everything's done. Budget's there, everything's there. I think it's going out to bid, so we will get a catch fence at Prairie City from basically where we call the Gomez Tree all the way down the finger, all the way around Spectator Hill, and we'll get our finish line turn back. So we'll come up around past the tower and have our old finish line jump, which is the project that I'm going to give an estimated start date, but it's all approved and budget's there, so it's going nice. to be required when that's done. Well, you got to go back and we just touched on something, the Gomez tree. You got to tell that story. Oh, I mean, I think, uh, so there's a section coming downhill. If we're running the track normal direction, we come downhill and there's a, we always build a jump at this section of trees and right after those, that tree, I mean, there's a, some rock bed that's there for drainage. And I think every one of the brothers has rolled at that tree into that ditch. You know? <laughs> He's been in it upside down with water in it. Marcos has been in it. 
think Raul was sideways in it at some point in time. So we just pretty much named that the Gomez tree because they all wrecked there at some point in time. <laughs> yeah, I remember wasn't it wasn't before that it was just a big ditch and then they threw the rocks in there, yeah. which actually kind of made it harder because I, I think even one of our one of our old sponsored rigs that was a 4500 class, it was old guys racing. Like they they ditched it into there. I mean, axles torn out and everything because of the rocks. It went from having mud where you could potentially be upside down. It. Um, I think uh, that was in Fairbody. It was uh, uh, who else? Uh, somebody else was upside down in it. What? Who the hell is it? Um, I'll try to remember here in a second. But we've had a few accidents over there in that area. Oh, but, yeah. but all of a sudden, yeah. But like the old guys racing, they just axles torn out everything from slamming into those rocks yeah that rock bed in there i mean the state had to do a bunch of erosion control and, and water runoff so the, the riffraff and the big rocks that's what it's for it's all state stuff and unfortunately the environmentalists in the park are pretty strict and they've been putting pro you know projects in and make sure the park stays open really i mean scientists go with the punches but uh you know yeah everyone can well, say I, it is over there it is cool that they're allowed to do all that stuff i mean the reality is is that this is you know, one thing for all of our listeners, and here in California, we have these uh, SVRA parks, these OHV parks. Part of the goal for the state is creating these areas where we can safely go and do stuff, whether it's off-roading or motorbiking, side-by-sides and stuff. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean we're out there tearing up the mountains because they were, you know, we, a lot of our trails up there got taken away. But for the for these parks, it's still, is it's pretty cool because it's not all the parks can do this. But it's pretty cool that that Prairie City, which is about 10 minutes from our shop here, um, has not only a combination of tracks, it has one of the a world class dirt bike track yep. um, and uh, yeah, which is and, Hang, and Hangtown happens out there. And Hangtown is everybody knows Hangtown. It's one of the world's mm-hmm. most famous races um, to be able to the Vora track, which I think now we're just calling it the NorCal track because Vora yeah. is pretty much gone. Um, and then uh, and then just 800 acres of of ohv track where you got side-by-side bikes uh there's guys go out there mountain bikes mountain bike racing uh, there's all so much stuff and it's it's so cool that it's right there yeah there's a go-kart track quarter major track right it's 65 usable usable acres right now wow um, and then they're adding they're adding the old clay pit or the old pit down at the bottom that's that's got approved in the new general plan so that's going to go into construction that'll add another I believe that area is like 140 acres. So what's so, going to happen with the pit? Um, I think it's going to be a side-by-side track similar. We tried to get the off-road down in there, but I think it's going to, I think the side-by-side growing is what's going to end up being down there. The general plan keeps on changing, but uh, the general idea of it is going to be an off-road for sure. Nice. And, we won't lose, and we won't lose any other off-road. So that'll be good. That'll be good. <clears throat> so with, so the Vora track, again, let's talk about Vora a little bit because Vora was just the thing for a long time out there, that track. Um, you and Dave Cole got involved with Vora. Um, yeah. And then yeah, so tell us about that. So, yeah, Vora was struck. Vora had been, I mean, Vora, I think, is the oldest desertation sanction, I think, around it against all the company, all the other guys. Um, so they were real strong for a long time. And then they went through a couple of interchanges and then um, – Honestly, I did, I just was over the uh, Vora racing and the NorCal racing, and then I felt like we could just I could do both. So we um, ended up acquiring. I was acquiring Vora alone, and then I called Dave and told him that I was going to do it. And 
And he goes, well, I want to do desert racing. We had this idea to do some, some crazy desert races that we're trying to bring back across the country. And so him and I partnered in the deal. And then, uh, the VOR guys, I just, like we couldn't make it work. And, you know, I was trying to give them their, they want to race in their own days. And, um, you know, they, it just didn't work out for us. It just, there was no, they didn't like my format. They didn't like my racing that they just, they want to go out there and burn a hundred laps and, you know, with three cars on the track and burn a bunch of fuel. And, you know, we're there to put a show on at the same time. And I'm trying to have fans in the stands and not lose them. And it just didn't, it didn't work. It didn't work out. You know, they were all old school. They show up to the pits and, and they would, uh, they would take like 17 spots. And I'm like, Hey guys, like we got 120 cars coming today. Like we need to, you know, Sharon's carrying around here. We got to be you know tight. So it just didn't work out. And then, uh, so Dave called me one night and we ended up giving back to BJ butcher and Laura butcher. And they, um, they're locals and they grew up in Vora. Their family was involved in it ever. And, and uh, they're still, they're still kind of putting away. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I think they have a desert race this weekend maybe, but um, yeah, so that was, that was it. I mean, Dave and I couldn't do anything with the desert. We couldn't add any more. We couldn't add any more events to our schedules anyway. So the desert dream of, I think we had a dream of like Barstow to Vegas coming back and like just some old school stuff, but um, mm. this is too much for us. We could, we didn't have any more time in our schedules. I remember that. I remember when I was out there announcing it, 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 it was the discussion. Like you had these, you had these old Vora guys that came down. All they wanted to do is you said they wanted to burn fuel. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was literally their statement. I, we were just here to burn fuel, man. Let us race. Cause it's, they don't get a chance to use their cars. And there were some crazy, crazy cars. I mean, oh, it was everything from your, your, your mama's pickup truck to, uh, to some home built jalopies that were just, they were pretty fast. They were fun, but yeah. it was, it was some crazy stuff. Yeah. There's, I mean, the problem with desert races, even if you go to watch a desert race and, and even not modern day, like mint full hunters coming up next weekend. I mean, they'll have 16 classes, you know, but some of those classes have two cars in it and, and a short course race. You can't do that. It's right. like watching the paint dry. So when you're doing a, long, you know, a longevity race or endurance race, and that's easy, you just let them go out in the desert and do their thing. But on a short course, when everyone's sitting there watching, it doesn't work to run two cars on the track. And unfortunately it's just, it's not even a business model. It's just not, it's just nothing. It didn't make sense. I mean, unfortunately I tried, but um, I'm glad they're doing their thing, you know, and and they added UTVs to their program like me. And you know, it is, it is what it is. Competition is good. I don't know if, if they're necessary competition, but they're doing some events still. Well, that's cool. Well, so yeah, so it's quite an evolution. All right. So you, you've gone through, we built up ultra four, um, helped make it famous. I'm sure, you know, you were a big part of it. And in doing that, I mean, you're out there actually designing the tracks. You're, you were going cross country. You're still going cross country and building some of these other tracks or is it? Um, yeah. So for the last, I mean, since, since ultra four went to no, any new locations that had a track build, it was usually, it was usually myself by, my, by myself or bird. And I went out. Um, so yeah, we did last year we did Sturges. Um, uh, I don't know, I've been to Oklahoma. To, I, we built the national short course in Oklahoma like four years ago. I've been there a couple times back there to prep and do some new builds. Um, I mean, pretty much everywhere. And at one point in time, when I bought my transponders, I was doing all the timing and scoring for them. So I was going to every race. So that added a whole other element to my schedule. So. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And of course, you were getting paid good for all that time, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm all retired now um well, so yeah we've done pretty much everything and then you know we do some other builds from other some other companies some pretty cool projects across the country 
So, well, yeah, well, let's talk about let's talk about Holly and Ellis Fest. Yeah, so Holly, um, so Holly approached Ultra Four about doing a, an event called LS Fest West, which is in Las Vegas, um, and they want to do an off-road portion. So they reached out to Dave because obviously he's bigger than on the map of scale of off-road. He was bigger than I was, but Dave can't build a track, so he contracted us to go in there. And then uh, so I've been building the off-road portion for LS Fest since the very beginning. So we're on year. We just signed contracts for year six, I think, or year seven, maybe seven at in West. And then, uh, yeah, it's an amazing event. So Holly is not scared to promote. They're not scared to uh, um, to take Spend the risk. Money. Yeah, they, they, they definitely don't mind taking the risk. And um, so their LS Fest, they inquire. It's, it's drag racing. It's drifting. It's autocross. It's a car show. Um, there is, you know, Optima, the, the company that puts on Optima streetcar challenges, they're doing all the autocross. Um, and then we had off-road and we trying to, we tried to have a lot of ultra four there, but it's kind of hard to bring those guys out to demos. So we have a, a big crew called terror crew. They do like some, you know, Ford Rangers and the whole pre-runner crowd, but we do a pretty good show. Blake Wilkie comes out and, um, it's pretty rad. So we do like to basically build a big demo with big doubles and they do big gap jumps and. They get a bunch of content and people have a good time. Wow. That's pretty cool. And it's, it's, so is it audience participation or is it like just people coming out, put on a show for, for the audiences out there? So LS Fest West is, uh, is put on show more or less, you know, like similar to a monster truck show. We're doing more or less mm. demos. Um, sometimes we do some bracket racing. If we get some cars and we do like grudge, we do hundred dollar grudge matches, you know, everyone calls each other out. And we did it under the lights last year, which was pretty rad. Um, but so we last year they added me to their program for LS Fest East. So we didn't go to LS Fest East, but we went to Ford Fest. So same format, drag racing, autocross, drifting, like Von Gittens there with his Mustangs doing drift demos. And Oh, wow. But it's in Bowling Green, Kentucky in their hometown. So it'd be just like us racing here in Sacramento. Um but you know, Holly's based in Bowling Green, so it's it's in it, thirty thousand people in this park. So for wow. Ford, for the Ford Fest, we added a um, with the Bronco release. Obviously, we added a um, off road section, and so in Bowling Green, like imagine Kentucky, all rolling green hills, just really amazing, right? And this park has a music park, an amusement park, and a drag strip. The drag strip's been there. The old man, he's 90-something years old that's there, and he was telling me it used to be dirt. So that's how long this drag strip's been there. Wow. Um, they'd never done anything off-road. So I went out in a pasture with a dozer, and Bird and I cut an off-road course in a pasture that's only ever been used for parking, ever. Wow. And in Bowling Green, so there's a lot of, you know, you go back to these, you know, eastern eastern states, and there's not a lot of change in those states. You know, they do, they're pretty much set in their ways. So I got a lot of uh, a lot of Kentucky locals, um, uh, I guess excited. You would say, I mean, they're like, <laughs> they would come in and be like, "Oh my gosh!" They're like, um, they're like, they're doing something new. Like it was, like, it was like it was like the internet released. You know, like it was crazy, like breaking ground, and it was crazy. The old man, the it's the old man that runs it, and then the grandson operates. So the so the grand grandson's like, okay, you know when. When he comes around, just you know, just you know, whatever, just you know, watch out. He'll you'll he, see what see what happens. You know, he could be mad, could be happy. You never know. So basically, the first phone call I get is, "Hey, they unloaded the dozers in in the wrong pasture." I'm like, "Okay, well, no big deal. I'll go get it." So I go over there, and here's old man in his truck, 
shaking his head. And I'm like, okay, well, when the guy unloaded the dozer, he turned the tracks and left a bunch of grass torn up. So he's like, you need to back drag that. And I said, well, you know, if you back drag with a big blade, you're going to scrape the grass. And I'm all, let me just push it back in with my feet and then I'll track it in, you know, wheel pack it in, track it, you know, pack it back in. And he's like, shakes his head and walks away. I'm like, oh, we're getting kicked out before we even started. I haven't even peeled the second grass yet. <laughs> <laughs> so as the days go on, the days go on, he comes over and, he, you know, it's kind of, we're on a hillside so we can have a spectator view. So he pulls up in his truck, he's watching. We go up there and I'm like, how's it going? What do you think? And he goes, I don't know. He's like, for a bunch of retards, he's like, you guys didn't do too bad of a job. <laughs> and like, what do you say to the guy? You just, all right, thank you, sir. Have a good day. So, and, and our specialty, you know, specialty for me is same at King of the Hammers. We build from, it's flat ground. It's a lake bed. You can't see anything. If you watch videos of King of the Hammers, you see the big short course, the big Paladega turn. That's, you know, 300 feet long. That's 10 feet tall. Like, None of that's there. We build that from scratch. It's all flat ground. So my forte is, and what I get hired for, I think the most, is we're able to go to the build and put it back like we were never there. That's my biggest thing. So um, that's what Bowling Green was supposed to be. We're supposed to regrade it back out, and then re- they call it sowing in the grass, replanting grass. Mm-hmm. And they would just, and next year, we, we'd start over. Well, by the end of the weekend, they were so happy with everything, how everything went, we got to leave it. So oh, wow. Yeah. So all the content you see, like the Ford Bronco and Von Gittin Jr. and Lauren Healy, all that stuff and at Ford Fest was all, that's everything we built last year. Wow. So still there this year. And now we've been contracted to go back for LS Fest East and add Alpha to that. And then now that, now they have a Mo Party, which is like Mopar. So we're, I think we're going to add Jeep to that. Yeah. <laughs> Mo Party. Yeah. I like Jeep to that. And then I'll, this is back-to-back weeks, by the way. So the whole month of September, if you need to find me, I'll be in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Wow. So, so, and then we take a week off, and then we have Ford Fest. So I got three events back-to-back-to-back in September with them in Bowling Green. So I might as well just move to Nashville or something. Might as well. Yeah, Tennessee, get out of California. What yeah. the hell are you doing here? No, big bugs there. I don't like it. mosquitoes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Holly's been, Holly, Holly's been amazing amazing partner with NorCal that came on and they're huge. They're huge supporters of us here. Um, huge supporters in every project that I do as far as anything off-road vehicle wise or on-road. And um, they're just amazing to work with. They're amazing people. Well, yeah, they're it's an amazing company too. Just, you know, the acquisitions just keep coming as they keep growing in, uh, you know, they, they just clicked 78 brands, I think. Yeah. 80 ADS was one of them. Yeah, um, they, they assumed ADS uh, the, at the new year. Um, Bear breaks, mm-hmm. um, right? And, uh, a real big one was Brothers Trucks, Brothers Classic Trucks, right? They, like it's it's insane. Like they're they're like a mil- I took a tour of the three warehouses and it was like over a million and a half square feet. Wow. Yeah, like Earl's yeah. Earl's fittings. Everyone thinks everything's Chinese from Earl's. They had racks of hex tube in there, and they still make the fittings in Bowling Green and some anodizing. Wow, this crazy, crazy stuff. So, yeah, it makes our seventy thousand square feet feel very, very small. Your stuff is huge. New <laughs> facility is is very large and state of the art. Yeah, and the, the machines you guys have are you're tenfold, obviously tenfold, but you were ten years ago. But yeah, it's uh, your guys new. You guys are killing it. Yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So let's talk about um, about KOH this year, KOH twenty twenty two. 
All right. So, <clears throat> I mean, what was your overall? You were there for how long? Uh, I think we only I did like 15 days this year, 16 15. days. So you're only there about half the time that most of them are there. They're out there about a month, right? Yeah, the course, course staff move, usually moves in the first weekend in January, and they move out, you know, the week after. They were cleaned up by like – I think they were, by, they were out, they were out of, off the lake bed by Thursday after race week, so it wasn't bad. And we've heard this from multiple people, but, you know, they do an incredible job of cleaning up out there. I mean, there's oh. there's not a shred of evidence – really yeah that's you know that goes back to the same thing for me and we tear down we tear that track down and then we roll pack it and put water in it and then i pray for a windy day so once once the wind blows one time you'll never be able to find this you'll never find the short course where we built it you can find the entries and exits but that's like i get so many phone calls like i can't find where i can't find where talladega was i'm like well there's three bushes in a row if you go out 152 feet there it is you know that's kind of how I got it all laid out. And people just, they just, they, they always are astonished that we make that place flat. And then Dave's crew does this amazing job getting everything else cleaned up in the trash. I mean, at most years, there's a, a volunteer group that comes out of Yucca Valley, the local group right there. And they all get, they all get paid. But it's, um, I think we have like, it's anywhere from like 50 to 100 volunteers with trash bags walking that lake bed. It's insane. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, they do a good job. That's incredible. Yeah, by the time I get there now, by the time I get there and we start working, like the, the tents are up, the fences are up, um, the starting arch is up so we can build around that or through that or remove it where we need to put it. Um, and it powers in, internet's in, all that stuff. All that underground is usually in by the time I get there. <clears throat> and now everyone gets getting there even earlier. You know, I get there. I got there the day the day after town opened, the gates opened on the 21st. And I think I pulled in, I pulled in the lake bed on the 22nd Saturday. Wow. The gate, the welcome gate had already opened. You know, I had to like go in and check in like a normal person. That's, that's one of the problems with us. You know, that's one of the reasons we just don't go anymore. Right. It was one thing when you could show up on a, on a Tuesday or Wednesday, have your, have your booth open Wednesday, Thursday, part, part of Friday, watch the race and then go home. Yeah. But to commit, the sales team and the staff and everything to go down there show up on pretty much Friday and then through Saturday of the following week um, to be able to catch everything just to be able to get in because there's really, you can't get into to Hammertown once everything starts going. It's just impossible to try to figure out how you're going to pull your RV and your, your, your booth in. Oh yeah. The amount is blocked off space. Now this year is just insane. Like I look out there and there's just stringer banners or caution tape out in the middle of the desert and, all of a sudden, I'll be driving down Boone Road to go do some work. Some we did a bunch of work at the Welcome Gate this year again, and we'll be driving down Boone Road, and there's just a tent in the middle of nowhere on the right hand side. Where, and they just literally send GPS coordinates to the tent company, and they go put the tent up, and then you show up and you park around your tent. Like it's wow. just, it's insane. Like I mean, people are spending. I mean, there was a, I think there were the biggest tent I saw out there was like thirty by forty. Like you know, I mean, but really, you split that up between a bunch of guys. You got a clean area out of the wind. I mean, it's really smart you know, to capitalize on that. And a lot of teams are camping outside of town now too, you know, oh, really? right outside the fences, like, you just know, keeping so their like, pits inside, but camping outside or I ain't really? outside anymore. Really? Oh, they really? For the hot pit, but that's it. There's a lot of teams outside. It was pretty crazy. Wow. You know, so, I mean, Phil Achardi was way out there doing shock tuning and, and uh, he was pretty close to the welcome gate and there was people all out there. It was insane. There was some insane numbers for attendees too. Yeah. Yeah. They broke, they broke, uh, they broke some records again. I mean, it was 
I mean, sent merchandise. I mean, just, I mean, they did a, a separate hoodie order, I think, like midweek because they ran out of hoodies. I mean, and they, wow. I don't know what their numbers are, but I mean, I, I think the, they up their percentages, you know, 10, 15, 20% every year on different mer- merch items. So it's, it's, a, it's an animal. It's a town inside a middle of the desert, you know? It is. So on race day, so obviously you were involved in all the different races and stuff, but we're talking about the main race on Saturday, which is, it's a pin in the ass for me. Cause it used to be Fridays, you know, even when we're not down there, at least Fridays we're sitting here, you know, doing some work. Yeah. I've got four screens in front of me and one of them would have the race going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like, instead on Saturday, I'm busy doing stuff. I'm texting will for updates. Yeah. All right. Who's in the lead. Who's going to, you know, you'll give me the, just to, cause I didn't have a chance to watch it. Yeah. But on race day, so what was that? Talk about that day. What was it like this year? So yeah, so so Bert and I used to do. We used to choose a trail and we do we we lead a crew, you know, or lead a lead a trail and we do recovery or do what we need to do. But um, we quit doing that. So now now we just prep. We our our job assignments for Hammer King or King of the Hammers is just short course. Like we're to that, and the rest of the time we have downtime. We have to hang out, and, you know, spend time with our friends, and I mean. A lot of these people are my real friends now. I see them more than my real friends at home, right? So, right. Um, so we're actually able to hang out and have some downtime, and it's good for us, you know. And it's kind of makes it makes it less work and you know not as not as tough as it used to be. So, so we had no assignments at all for race week <clears throat> per Hammer King or for for King of the Hammers. Um, um, so I help. Most people don't know, but I help I help the Gomez brothers with their um, trophy truck program. I don't help with the rock sports very often because this is conflict of interest. I feel like they race right. more on. I just want I don't want I want it black and white in my events. I don't want any I don't want any gray area. So we're all friends, and and I spend time with Raul outside of the racing. And uh, but the trophy truck program that's fair game. We're in Mexico. We're in Vegas Reno. Um, it has nothing to do with NorCal. It has nothing to do with. King of the hammer is nothing. So it's really, it's, it's amazing time there. But, um, so obviously I'm involved all the time. So I'm in the race shop, uh, you know, I'm here at home at the race shop and we have a different stuff going on. So at the King of the hammers is really, this year is the hardest year to be hands off, not to be able to help and, and be involved and help with logistics and whatnot. Um, but I was in the pits, uh, hung out. We had the premium going Their Their crew did all their thing. You know, I was in the pit main pit and, uh, um, the race was insane. It started, you know, Raul qualified good. Uh, Lauren was out there, had an issue in the beginning. Shear was out way out front. Um, it was a typical King of the Hammers. You know, you never know what's going to happen. And uh, it was, it was, it was a good day. It was a good day. I mean, it was a good day for, if you want to, if you want to classify it as a good day for NorCal. Had a, lot of, <laughs> had a lot of NorCal finishers finish. You know, I mean, Kevin yep. Yoda finished. Um, uh, in the, I mean, in the 4,500 class, I mean, Rick Lavazzo finished, um, um, there, I mean, all together is pretty good. You know, Phil Burton did pretty good in the UTVs. Um, so yeah, all together it was, I mean, it was NorCal. good. Yeah. Yeah. Good for well, a lot of NorCal pride, a lot of NorCal yeah. pride. Um, so then of course, you know, when the Gomez brothers won or when Rao won, yeah, you know, so what was the party like? Tell me. It was, what was what was what was the party like Friday night? Was, <laughs> Saturday night. I mean, everyone's pretty spent by then, so like the the party itself is pretty calm. But like, I feel like I have had so many people come up to me and like, can you please not? Can you tell them to please not burn the town down? <laughs> How am I the keeper? You know, like yeah, we're friends, and like you know, and I know them all well, but they're like they, they obviously have a reputation. 
yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just tell him not to burn the town down, you know, and, you know, and Marcos being fourth, you know, should have been third, you know, and so it's like, and JP probably would have been right there if he, you know, didn't have the incident he did. So it's like, it's just insane. But is that the so dream? Funny. Is that the dream? First, second, and third? Oh yeah, yeah. They wanna they wanna own that podium, you know. But be, I mean, that would just, be crazy. Uh, the town would probably burn down. That probably it would probably be bad. But um, it's uh, it was cool. It was it was you know I was I was happy and and you know it's. It's happy. Everyone puts effort in. Like it doesn't matter if you're on the lake bed. You put effort in. It doesn't matter if you spent if you spent ten grand. Or you spent a hundred grand. You still spent everything you had. You put everything. You put your whole heart into it. So, like to even make it to the lake bed and make that starting line, like it's an accomplishment in itself. You know, mm-hmm. some people are there to finish the race. Some people are there to win the race. You know, um, and there's uh, nothing like just, race morning. There's nothing like race morning when you're just there and you're you're just especially when you're a racer and you're just getting ready. And all I did was 4,500 class, but man, just being out there on race morning and getting all bundled up, getting early, getting ready to go, get the car going, get your crew running around you, taking care of you, getting you to, to go and to start that race. And you just have no idea what this day is going to bring you. You have no yeah. idea. Yeah. You know, and then looking from the outside, you know, I've been involved on both sides for so long, you know, either on the race op side or, I mean, we time and scored that race a couple of times, you know, so it's like, I've done every aspect. I mean, I've been on the lake bed for 31 days with Dave from the very beginning to build the whole town, you know, so I've kind of done it all. And to be the, to now to be hands off and then be able to kind of be a fan, but kind of insider fan, you know, it's like being, mm-hmm. it's being like an addict of NASCAR, you get to stand behind the pits, you know, kind of deal. Um, but actually no, you know, it's all your friends. It's, it's pretty cool experience. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, Marcos was super excited. I mean, it's, uh, you know, everyone thinks when they're when your family and your brothers, you you know, you spend every day together or whatever. But the, those three brothers, they all they all work differently in the company, so they don't spend a lot of time together outside of this. So racing's like kind of like the one family thing they do. Marcos will tell you that this is the one thing they all do together. And oh, you'll wow. rarely, I don't see them together at home at all. Like I don't ever see all three together. I see them all separately all the time. I saw Marcos this morning, but I don't see like I won't see like. Me and Raul and JP won't go to dinner, if that makes sense. You know, like, yeah, probably, will. you know, it's just so to have them all in the same spot for a week long, you know, eating breakfast, lunch and dinner in the tent, you know, with their food, they have their own food tent and like, yeah. be in the like, it's same in NorCal when they come to NorCal race. I mean, it's very rare for them all of them to be together on a Saturday. So it's, it, it's really that's, that's interesting. I didn't know that because that's they're they definitely are a very strong family. So you see them all out there working with each other. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. The element's there and they talk every day during work, you know, but they don't, it's, you know, that's the one time that they get to hang out and they do their thing. And it's, it's really cool. It's the dynamic of the family is amazing. So when, when one wins, they all win. I mean, JP is obviously upset, you know, but I mean, Marco's got fourth and he, you know, he should have won and it's, it's just how it is, you know, but, but they're all happy for each other. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah, it's still bragging rights. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and the Rao, I mean, he's just he's just gonna be pounding his chest in front of everybody for a while. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, he's got and he had the new car. His car got done. JP's did. You know, there's there's all that. You know, all, all right, that, right, all that smack talking in, in in between. So with um, now, because I remember last year at uh, at at shootout out at Fernley. Um, was it Marcos that the helicoptered in just for the race? Like he wasn't racing, but but he uh, just... no, I think Raul Raul was Raul one to him. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So which one of them is the helicopter? Are, are, which None one is of, actually a pilot? None of them are pilots. They just have a they just have a guy who flies. You want any of those guys to fly? <laughs> <laughs> you know, different yeah. different skill set. Yeah, no, Raul. Uh, yeah, he came up. Yeah, he had some. They, you know, they their work is high demand. So sometimes they're on they're on call twenty four seven. So sometimes mm-hmm. some programs going that that they're there's not available. So. You know, if but they love to race, so they they do what they can to make it work. So sometimes then. Did you know them back when they got started? When they first um, started racing, I've known J, I've known JP and Raul for a long time, kind of like in through intermediate friends. Um, but I mean, I know how the, I know the story of their lives more or less. You know, but mm. um, I know them back then. Back then, like um, I probably when they started racing is when I really got to know them. Did they, um, were they, uh, well, this would be one of the things we'll be asking Raul when he, uh, yeah. when he finally gets on the podcast, yeah, but sure. were they, were they race? I mean, like you, did they have a racing background when they were kids? No, no, they cut trees. <laughs> they cut trees. They yeah. Cut, they, 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 their father started with a firewood company. So they've been, they've been chopping wood for a long time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Their dad, their old man was a worker and they, that's what they started was just literally selling firewood. Yeah. Dude. That's it. Wow. It's, from yeah. there, built building it from there to what Mountain Enterprises is today with some three thousand plus employees. I don't even know. Yeah, it's, anyway, that's, I, I, yeah, can't even. I, I, you drive around over a county, and that's all you see is mountain trucks. I mean, so just you know, I do all their stickers, so I, I know there's quite a bit of stickers. There's quite a bit of trucks out there. Well, yeah, Cloakworks just moved from our facility here in Rancho Nova up to Placerville over on yeah. Automotive Court, which is right next door to another one of their their facilities one of the offices there yeah and uh it's yeah they are all over the place it's insane (laughs) amazing well hey uh you know let's talk about the the one other thing happening of course we mentioned it already was the the metal cloak shootout so metal cloak shootout comes what date it's uh march 25th and 26th so as we said, this is kind of in our intention. This is the replacement for um, for Stampede, and uh, Stampede pretty much disappeared in 2020. Um, that was because of COVID. It uh, it could not happen, and then um, and then they moved on to other other pastures, and and we have been doing the Metal Cloak Shootout with um, with NorCal uh, since around that time. Um, I don't know if we did it before then or right around there, but um, for us. We want shootout to be like Stampede was. Prairie City is an incredible place to do a race, um, and it's a great place for spectators to come out. And there are people coming from all over the region, all of NorCal, Reno, and ever, just to come out and, and watch these races. So, uh, in the caliber of racers that you're still going to have, I mean, how many 4400 cars do you think you'll have out there? Uh, I think we'll, we'll probably be close to 20 again, as usual. The uh, I mean, but the thing about NorCal is concentrate the fastest guys in the country. I mean, yeah, there's Eric Miller and some other guys across the country that are fast, but like the concentration of the fastest of the faster here. So we get it, we get a real turnout, real competitive, and obviously the you know reigning king and king of the hammers will be there. Right, right. So you'll just see them because come on, guys, think about it. Reigning king of the hammers, first rate after race after KOH. JP and Marcos both trying to prove themselves against. And take him down a notch because he's probably still walking around. You know, they want to take him down a notch. They want to prove that they're better. They want to prove that it was an anomaly that they didn't win. So they're going to go after him, right? And uh, are are they running? What cars are they running? Um, I think the I was just talking to the shop guys yesterday. I think the new car is going to make it. Um, and then Darian will be in the old old eighty three, the old mm-hmm. King car, and then JP will be in his normal eighty two. Uh, Marcos won't make it. He probably he just just like I say, he's not a short course fan, so. 
Uh, yeah, but it, but he is actually. Marcos did call me the other day that he uh, he's going to bring one of the boy his his oldest boy into the side by side class. So oh wow, I might see a new young Gomez. How old is he? Uh, thirteen. Wow. So we're going to put him. Uh, we talked about RS one. So nice, nice. Yes. Well, so there and the and the pits. You know, the coolest thing about our pits at NorCal is is they're all open. Everyone's pits are open. Everyone come check them out, and everyone come see the winning car. You know, and meet and meet them and whatnot. And they always have swag to give away. And you know, the GBR guys they, they put on a show. Yeah, and tacos. Yeah, he's always yeah, to, to, some tacos. I can have a taco food truck there, but they still bring their own guy. Yeah, we just got to talk about that. We got to figure out if we want to do um, dinner out there like we've done in the past. Okay, like well, we used to do for go. do for Stampede or whatever. Uh, but let's uh, let's let's work out those details. But yeah, it's guys. It's a, it's a great time. It's a great race. It's a great track. Um, are you, you going to keep your track about the same? What are you, how are you going to change it up this year? Um, we have some park improvements going on on the back side of the track, on the upper side. All right. Um, so they have some area fenced off yet, and they weren't finished fencing yet. So I haven't seen what we're doing up there yet. But I think we're going to run the long, um, run regular direction, um, and the finger fingers up for options. Still, I don't know if we're going to run the finger which is the section that runs, you know, to the right mm-hmm. back. So how long is that course usually when it's, if you're using your, you know, the longest ever and get out of there is like 2.9 miles. Oh, one so, mile. Wow. Yeah. So normally we run a, like, we run a, like two miles, 1.6 if we don't run everything. I think about that guys, it's two point miles where you can basically see it all. See every, every jump, every climb, everything there's only one section where all of a sudden they disappear that's when they come back down the downside when they're about to go up the gunite you know yep. outside of that you can see just about everything yep yeah it's a 90 percent viewing friendly track and uh we haven't is is uh big rob gonna be doing the announcing yeah he said uh you know he has some time off so he's uh i talked to him the other day and he said he want to come back so he's you know everyone gets burnt out a little bit you know and yeah lot you know we've been volunteer based for years so for a lot of years all all my friends were out there volunteering and you know luckily now we're you know able to offset some of the people's costs of days off and whatnot so i put a little cash in everyone's pocket now i try to do as much as i can at least the guys they'll take it some guys still won't but uh yeah no rob said he's back in so um hopefully he makes all the races but he's definitely in for the for the round one that's awesome. Yeah. And he's guys, he's entertaining. I was, I had fun doing it, but the, uh, Rob's a lot more entertaining than I am. Well, and he, he knows, just, he knows all the inside, you know? So yeah, he knows all the racers and he knows all the fun stuff and he hangs out and he knows it. And, and so he, he has, uh, I have fun listening back to, to recordings I have of some of the races I did and he was doing the announcing. It's, uh, yeah. you know, he definitely gets into it. He has fun with it. What, um, what have you figured out as far as uh, purses and stuff for this race? Uh, we're still, we're still going through budgets right now. So I'm going to try to announce something here in the next two weeks. Um, we just opened entry fee, op- opened uh, online entry Monday, yesterday, right? Monday. Yeah. We opened it yesterday. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to try to release some new stuff here. The schedule got a little funky just because we're trying to figure out locations and make sure the state had enough dates for us for the whole year. So sure. we got a little delayed start on the schedule here and some other stuff coming down the turnpike that could be, um, shaking some things up so we'll see how that all pans out 
Well, cool. And of course, uh, it right now, I mean, when it comes to things like uh, masking and everything else, and just like the COVID rules, the state property is and, and the way the race goes out there is pretty much clean. I mean, I yeah, state- yeah, we're we're open. Yeah, yeah no, no, um, no restrictions. So, cool. yeah, the only restriction is is at the other state park is dogs on a leash. That's pretty much it. <laughs> dogs on leash. That in, and, and that includes dog children. They got to stay. Yeah, yeah keep them keep them safe. Yes. Well, cool, man. It, it's going to be fun, guys. Um, you know, if you haven't come out and seen a race, come out and check it out. We're going to do a lot of promotion and push this next uh, this next month. Uh, Medical of course will be out there full bore. Adventure Rack Systems will be out there full bore, showing off our rigs and doing what we do and uh, and just wanting to meet all of you. We'll have shirts to give away, shirts to sell. There's plenty of swag to buy for NorCal, NorCal swag. Um, and I don't know if you freshen stuff up this year. It's kind of getting oh, yeah. a little stale. Yeah, yeah. No, we've got some new designs coming down. Uh, yeah, we're just approving some of that. Some new hats, um, some new women stuff. I'm literally just just going through the trailer. That's my plan, actually. I'm going to go finish the trailer inventory right now and uh, get that done. And then, yeah, the, as uh, yeah, I mean – this is the best bang for your buck, right? I mean, low entry fees, high payouts. And I mean, I don't keep any of the driver's monies. I mean, most people don't know that, but I don't keep a lot of the money that comes in from them and just give it back to them. So no matter what, we have hundred percent payback and, and that's kind of how it works. Well, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, come on guys. The, it, you know, we were talking about ultra four racing and hammer King being a professional business now. I mean, it's they, they what they do over there and the level of activity happening, but uh, for John, I've always seen John as is a passion and love and he's probably, he has over the years put more money into it than he's ever gotten out of it. It's, oh. it's a, it's a, it is, it might as well be a hobby that is at the, at the nth level. And of course it's built up business with other things, but using what you've made from Holly to be able to support NorCal rock racing or vice versa, whatever. But um, you are, you know, for everybody out there, he, if you're interested in racing, um, it's a great way to enter. It's a great way to try it out. It's a great way to go in because it's open to everybody. You don't have to be, you know, you didn't get tech inspected and everything, but you don't have to be, um, some, you know, hundred thousand dollar rig to come out and race. Right. Yeah. Um, Let's go all the way across the board and, you know, all the, all the old forge classes and we have a pre-runner class too, which is kind of what you brung as long as you have your safety equipment. So, yeah, I mean, there's, it's it, and all UTVs. So it's all about the safety equipment. So long as you have all that, you can pretty much race. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's and it's and I remember back in the days. Uh, let's see, what was it? One of the first years you did run with run what you brung. Was that the year that the Gomez brothers decided to break their Raptor? Yeah, they might have raced the Raptor. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think they raced the Raptor around, threw some tape on the side of it, put a number, raced it, and broke it in and, half. And, and broke it in half. But you know, it's Gomez brothers, as we expect from them. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, guys. So hey, check us out. You can how do how do people find you? How do they find you on the net? How do they find racing? Uh, yeah. How do they find tickets? Every social media platform, I guess, minus Twitter, I guess. So Instagram, Facebook, it's all NorCal Rock Racing or NorCal Side by Side. Uh, the website's NorCalRockRacing.com, um, and all emails come to me. So it's just a one man show until we get to the race. So there you go. It's bombing. So all right, well, John, appreciate you joining us. Hey, for everybody out there. So you can reach me at mattsatmilco.com. If you want anything to do at all with our modern Jeeper adventures, which is what Corey and Jesse are preparing for right now, Death Valley is just around the corner. Uh, they are getting that one. And then right after that is uh, Moab. And of course, we have Easter Jeep Safari coming up as a group. We'll be out there doing the CTI trailer. 
In fact, come to think of it, gosh, this weekend, uh, Tierra del Sol, uh, 59 and a half Tierra del Sol down in Ocotillo Wells, which even though it is not an official Tierra del Sol event because that couldn't be approved because of county restrictions, et cetera, et cetera, everything I hear is that it is full on Tierra del Sol. There's still tons of people out there and it's still a fun time. So we're down there uh, by the Jack in the Box uh, with the CTI trailer. Um, by their big vendor tent so come down visit us we'll be there uh friday afternoon saturday afternoon uh in fact the guys are heading down right now in and about they're probably in bakersfield right now setting up at american off-road in bakersfield to do a cti event then uh they have another event tomorrow on the way out towards um Arcadio wells um about right around the same time i think 4 4 30 something like that and then they are going to um tds for friday and saturday then my rig i don't even have my rig my 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 jt right now is fully loaded fully outfitted for overlanding tagged ars and is being taken by mike upchurch our brand manager at uh, at ars out to death valley for a few days so he's taking it up there and uh, it should be a lot of fun get a lot of great footage and have a good time so but following that we got ejs following that we've got modern jeeper adventures in moab there's just a ton of stuff going on, guys. So check out the, the calendar at modernjeeper.com. Uh, our events coming up at modernjeeperadventures.com, the forum, modernjeeperforum.com, and of course, metalcloak.com and norcalrockracing.com to get your tickets, to check things out, to tell your friends about it, and have them come on out to this exciting race. We're calling it the return of the shootout or the return of the stampede, whatever you want to call it. It is the biggest event at, uh, at uh, Prairie City that is on four wheels because you know can't compete with hangtown yet but someday maybe and with all that being said we will uh thanks you john again for joining us thank you having me all right and uh, we will see you my friends on the rocks this podcast will self-destruct in five four three two one